Hey you guys, what's up? It's Asha Blaine here. Um, I am just letting you guys know that I am releasing a song here soon called I Will Follow You. It is my first song I'm releasing of my second album. So I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it's been a while since I've uh, written new material, but here it is. I will give you guys uh, some more information on that here soon of when I'll be releasing that. But for the meantime, here's a little teaser. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast with my friend TK Smith of Advocates Brigade. Um, he does a great job. Uh, it was a good time um, doing this podcast, a little interview with him. Um, so anyway, hopefully, I really hope that my story can help you guys and uh, let you know more about who I am, where I'm coming from, and um, what I plan on doing next. So anyway, thanks TK. Thank you, you guys. Uh, more information coming soon. Enjoy the show.
The journey continues with part two of Asha Blaine's musical journey. Welcome to TK's A Brigade. I am your host, TK. Last week, we got into part one with Asha Blaine and her musical journey from the beginning. Talked a little bit about her life, her struggles, where she started with music. This week, we are going to finish up and learn a little bit more about what Asha went through musically, spiritually, and in life. Also, we're going to find out what Ash is up to in 2023 and beyond. So I hope you are ready to hear the rest of the story. So tune in now here on TK's A Brigade. Um, in terms of taking care of people and loving people and having relationships, there is a guideline with that. There is a responsibility with that. So, you know, obviously I'm going to take care of my kids. Obviously, I'm going to love my kids the best I can with what I have. I just don't want to abide by how that's done or what that looks like in terms of having a job or a career you know um there's lots of jobs and careers in fact like i i encourage it's so funny to me people people will say like how did you people who don't know that i have kids they're like how did you do this where you're doing this solo acoustic thing and i'm like i had no choice my i need a job and the job that i have i hate and I'll either get fired because of my bad attitude or I will fire myself because oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> so I told myself, if I'm going to provide for my kids, if I'm going to take care of them and be happy in my career, like I have to pursue something at the same time. Like I'm not just a creator or an artist. I'm an inspire, like I'm a motivator and an in- uh, I feel like I want to inspire people at the same time or encourage them because I've gone through a lot of crap. Like I need to tell people you can do it too because I did it. I did I am able to create um, a full-time income with one person providing for my family. I'm not the richest person in the world. I don't need to be, though. Um, I'm in my passion, and I'm moving forward in that and doing fun things like this where I I can motivate, I can inspire, and talk to other people about how to push forward. I know that everybody deep down has this feeling in in themselves. It's like, I need to do something. There's more inside of me. I just don't know what. Maybe they're trapped by conformity. Maybe they're trapped by other relationships or other people making, like, guilting them or something, you know. But I've just gone through too much of that to, like, it's broken me down and honestly humbled me to be like, I don't have to choose this. Like, I can do something that moves me forward in my passion and get out a good message with my lyrics or with podcasts or whatever it may be and hang tightly to my kids and provide for them and whatever way that looks like however it ends up i i give that to god i put that in god's hands (laughs) so that's amazing and so here we are so you've been in colorado five and a half years when you came to colorado like how did you dive into this scene? What did you have somebody here that you already knew or no. did you just kind of like show up at a gig and like open mic kind of thing? Or what was your, what was your plan or what was your process? Okay. Uh, I'm just going to preface this by saying when I was in school, I did like a couple of solo performances with a piano accompanist and in front of my peers and I fainted twice in front of them. Oh boy, here we I go. I got the shakes and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fell, like, fainted. Yeah. They sent me to the ambulance room. It was totally embarrassing. Oh, wow. So that was my professional performance that I had before. <laughs> so you're saying this is prior to you coming to Colorado? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's So, huge. like, I'm going to tell wow. you, like, uh, 
sometimes it's not always confident because you're so just like scared. But I've gr- I've grown past that. So when I moved out here, I got onto a s- website called bandmix.com. Oh yeah, I know it well. And I was just googling like what are the top bands in like to get noticed online. Created a really bad profile on there that was like I'm a singer and I really like these bands, you know. And my history is that I've done college rock groups that only went in front of two crowds or something, <laughs> you know, no experience. Then this this disco band I got into was a pretty high level Denver band that actually um, will tour nationally sometimes. And I, um, they, I think reached out to me and were like, hey, would you... Um, can you come audition? And so they gave me like five disco songs and I was like, okay, I had to learn them in like maybe five days or a week. So I did. And then I went in, I was nervous and you could probably tell in my voice, you know, sometimes when, when you're nervous, you're a little, (laughs) you know, apprehensive. Yeah. But you get into it. And then, um, he saw talent and potential in me and took me in and I played with him for a couple of years and I was the, my first gig. I had an afro and sparkly boots and a dress, and I was, oh my gosh, you know, like jungle boogie, <laughs> jungle boogie, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, great. <laughs> and it, I was shaken. But sure. those experiences, though, for me to be on stage, I just think they were so scary. But I think, I believe, I felt I felt like most of my childhood, I was really hidden, or I felt that way. And I felt like I had to hide myself a lot. And so now I'm in this time where God is like exposing me or putting me out there on purpose. Yep. He's pur- oh, yeah. He's purposely like, come on, let's yeah. get you out. Uh, you want to be different? Okay. Well, yeah, you want to be different? You're going to have go. to be, un- yeah, you're going to have yeah. to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to shake in your boots a little bit. You're going to have to miss some notes because you have all this anxiety, but you're going to do it. And you can't worry about what people think. And right. It's so hard, but it changes you. It changes your perception on things. And I'm so, so grateful. So grateful for those experiences. And, and you know, I think that's the essence, too, of it. You know what I mean? Like, when you, uh, again, we go back to the, and we're talking about jobs today. I'm talking with Asha, right? I keep saying, I'm making sure I say your name right. It's Asha. Asha. But it's okay. She's going to kick me. When we're done, she's probably going to kick me. I don't hate it. Asha. Okay. Asha. Okay. okay. Talking with her about her life experiences, music, her journey, where she started, where she went through school. And now we're talking about 2023. Yes. And you've been here five and a half years. Uh, You released a record with uh, another Mm -hmm. Um, Mm co-writer. And you are just rocking the acoustic thing right now. Yeah. Are you hoping to put together a full ensemble? What's your What's your goal? Because uh, I'm going to put my hand up real quick so nobody knows or sees this on video. But um, I am very interested in starting a new project. Yeah. Um, and somebody has a passion like you. Um, that's what I've been praying for. So, you know, I know I'm on. I know I'm being recorded when I say this, but I mean, you never know. It's interesting how God brings people together. I, and, I agree. Um, you know, I've worked with a lot of artists and musicians over the years, and you know, some of them are really, really talented, um, but they're very introverted. So mm-hmm. you can stick them in a session, and they'll record for three weeks. Mm-hmm. The second you ask them to go perform live, and they don't show up to the gig, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Dude, where you at? Oh man, you know, like I got abducted by aliens, right?" And you're like, "Okay," <laughs> and then you find out that they're just not a performance style. 
And I think the same, you know, the flip side of that is that I've worked with artists where they'll perform like Madison Square Garden, right? I mean, as far as like that ability. But then you stick them in a studio and they're like, oh, uh, what's a click track? Oh, uh, what? We got to start there. You know what I mean? So (laughs) it's nice to meet somebody and work with somebody and and get to know somebody that has both facets of that Mm. because I think it's hard. And I've worked with enough that I realize that. Not everybody that says they can play music can play music or can sing, right? And so it's nice to know that, you know, you have that passion. And, you know, watching a couple of videos online, you've been doing the acoustic thing with Elaine. And she's playing the cajon. And, I mean, you're rocking out. And, like, yes, I thought she was. And this is a record that she was Lacey Strom the first time I saw her. Oh, my god! I was like, what? What's this girl doing in Colorado? I thought she's from California. And then I had to, you know, dive in a little bit and realize that it wasn't. So... Okay, so here we are, January 23, and um, you're like big year for you, right? You're, you're hoping for some big things to happen. I am praying for some big things. I'm going to take some big leaps, and it has to have some big mental mind changes, mindset changes on things. So, yeah, I am working uh, with a producer right now on another album, and my goal is to have at least a 10-track and then release that towards sometime in 2023. Um, and have some videos with it too. But yeah, a lot of that, my first album was kind of talking about a resurrection with myself. And these, these lyrics are very secret. It's not obvious that I'm talking about God, but a lot of them are very spiritually like based on where I was. A lot of it was confronting my fear and getting away from some heavy demons that were just kind of with me for a long time. And really, and God kind of like totally releasing me from it through music uh, among other things, my parents helped me a lot. So um, this album I'm working on, <laughs> I don't, it's funny. It's not funny. It's it's um, still spiritually based, but um, <laughs> it might have a hard time being received, honestly. But that is just kind of the narrative of my life is that I go, I like to go against the grain. But it is um, just kind of about... Um, me being more being more bold in my faith actually and trying to create it would be cool to create a movement that could be more bold with that i i can't i can't hide my journey i can't hide my story and this is the first time i've really talked about it openly and I'm really glad that you have um, invited me to come and oh, it's, I'm, I'm honored talk. to be honest <laughs> yeah i'm honored so Thank you so I mean, much. That, that's cool because, yeah. you know, listening to people talk about their journey, um, again, there's different facets, right? So some people are really comfortable with like, yeah, blah, you know, and just kind of vomit on the mic, right? <laughs> and then there's other people where you're like, so, you know, you ask them a question and it's like, you know, kind of dragging the, mm-hmm. the story out of them. And so I, I think, you know, what's really cool about talking with you today is that, you know, you're not you're not afraid to, to say, hey, this is where I'm at today because of where I came from Mm. and a lot of people are ashamed of where they came from and and rightly so I mean in all due respect to you know I I say this with respect because there are some things that people have gone through in in our in my circle of friends and people that I know uh, I wouldn't want anybody to know about you yeah. know, there's things about me, like I'm, I'm pretty bold, like I'm, I'm pretty blunt. So anybody that asks me questions about anything, like, um, I don't have a filter. So I'll mm-hmm. tell you, like you ask me anything and I'm like, yeah, yeah, well this is, and then I'll go on for three days and then like, okay, are you done? Right. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I think that, you know, the, 
the caveat to music is that, you know, we take that emotion that we've dealt with in our life mm -hmm. and we put it into song. We put mm -hmm. it into lyrics, we put it into a riff, we put it into a beat, mm -hmm. and then we express that and however we do it. And what you said earlier about a couple minutes ago, you said something about not being received well. And I'm curious to know why you might feel that way. Like, what reason would you feel that it's not going oh, to be with received? Oh, this, with this album? Yeah, yeah. Um, Because it's going to be spiritually driven. Okay. And I know that that is a touchy subject for some but, but I you're, don't But care. you're a rebel, right? I don't care, yeah. <laughs> no, that, but I love uh, that because yeah. I'm the same way. Like, you know, I talk about my faith. I got tattoos all over my body, right? And I've got tattoos same. that say Jesus freak. Mm -hmm. And I'll have people come up to me at the gas station and they'll give me this dirty look. And I'm just like, and I don't know them, right? Yeah. And then I'll like, they'll kind of glance and they'll look at my leg and they'll be like, and they'll just kind of give me a snarl. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then I'll get ones that come to me like, dude, that's a great tattoo. Right, so... Here's what I have learned about that and and being a Christian, being a person of faith. I actually went through a huge, long period of time where I hated God. And I'm pretty sure he hated me, too. Oh, wow. Right? Well, I, I'm, again, raising my hand. Yeah. I went through that same season. I think we probably went through it together. Like, I think everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you just don't know much because you maybe aren't giving God a chance. You might not be studying the right way which I wasn't for years I was really allowing other people to feed stuff to me and a lot of non-Christians will be like oh you've just been spoon fed that your whole life which I totally agree with they have in a way but then there also comes to you have to come to a point where you have to decide I have to study this and get to know this for myself right. and understand what, tr what truth is and um, so many years I spent I think I was Christian deep down, or I believe I believed in God deep down, but I was really like, yeah, screw you. I'm not gonna ask you for anything. Pretty sure you hate me because everybody else abandons me. You've probably abandoned me wow. as well. So now, so not to cut yeah. you off because yeah. that's that's a very very intense uh, way of thinking because yeah. at one point in my life, you know, because you like you said spoon fed, right? Yeah. So if you grew up in the church, anybody that's listening that grew yes. up in the church knows like yes. the Bible stories, right? The book of Noah, or the, the stories about Noah and uh -huh. the stories about Samson and so on and so David and everything else. The thing is, is that when you hear the stories that are not so publicized or so popular, right? Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, like Elijah, like, I mean, that story is popular, but at the same time, if you really study the book of Kings, first and second Kings, and you really read about Elijah, that dude was gnarly anxious mm. and he had anxiety like his anxiety levels were so high that like he was like okay god just crush me like you must hate me and god's like i don't hate you and he took him to the mount right and, it, and he sent a, a storm and he sent a wind and it says that elijah heard him in the whisper right mm. so when yeah. you say maybe god hated you um and I, I, again i'm not Mm -hmm. Please know that I'm not telling you how you feel or how mm. you felt or anything, mm. uh, because I went through a similar season where I'm like, do you even care that I'm alive? Yeah, hello. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? I made you before you were. I knitted you before you were. Mm -hmm. yeah. I designed you this way. I designed you to be big. I designed you to be you. Mm -hmm. I designed you to be, um, you know, that personality. Yeah. And you know what? You have a free will. Some people argue that free will is not a free will, but I will argue that it is because we have a decision in our life to make. Mm -hmm. Some decisions are trivial, but others are very important. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that when it comes to that kind of walk with your um, your person as a person, as mm -hmm. who you are, and you really look at your life and you go, okay, 
I don't want to conform to this idea. Mm-hmm. I don't want to follow this. But I do know that what I want to do is not what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And so when you get into that mindset where you're like, okay, look, I'm going to do me. Either you can come along with me or not. Take it or leave it. Yeah. But I believe, you know, especially when it comes to, to God giving us that ability to make our own decisions, mm-hmm. we as individuals will look at it and we'll go, okay, um, I went through, personally, I went through a, a situation in 2004. I think we talked about this the other day mm-hmm. where I was very rebellious, mm-hmm. smoking, drinking, partying, mm-hmm. living that non-Christian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, for those that listen to the podcast know that I actually released uh, some of the story about the woman who um, and her coven of witches conjured a spirit and I, my name and my phone number were taken to them and I was supposed to provide a seed for the coven. That's crazy. And this is in the midst of growing up in the church, like immersed mm. in Bible, mm-hmm. immersed in Sunday school, mm-hmm. immersed in youth group, mm-hmm. immersed on two hours of, you know, uh, the preacher talking and I'm hiding under the chair right (laughs) but the reality is this and this is something i learned is that in the essence of music because that's what we're talking about today we're talking about how music has kind of like knitted that in our life right yes is that you know sitting under the chair at church and then you know at the end of the sermon right after you know two days and three hours of listening to the the, the pastor talk the worship team gets back up Mm -hmm. and that strum and that piano play and you're like whoa wait a minute and you come alive Mm -hmm. and you're like wait a minute that's what drives me. That's what moves me. Okay, God, what can I do to use that as a tool? Mm-hmm. And I look at you across the table today, and I'm like, this girl's got it. Like, I, I see that in your spirit just from, and I, I just met you physically, what, this morning, like two mm-hmm. hours ago? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, again, I've met some of the biggest artists in the world. I work with them for hours and hours and days, and sometimes a few of them for a couple of years, um, and never really connected. But I think that when it comes to music and, and your journey, how you correlate with your journey and the, the music that you put out. So you say it might not be received well. And I say this to you as a, an artist, let them receive it how they will. How they will. Exactly. Because when you put you on tracks mm-hmm. and you get up on stage and do you, I promise you. Whether 10 or a million or a billion follow you or nobody follows you, mm-hmm. know that God loves you regardless and he always has. He might have backed up a little bit and been like, all right, going to do you? Okay, you're going to be rebellious. You're going right. to have this and that and yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I have a plan for you, mm-hmm. right? And I always have. Mm-hmm. And I think looking at you and hearing your story so far, this season that you're in, in 2023, oh, man, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. too. <laughs> I really am because Thank hearing you. where you've gone and what you've gone through and how you've gotten to where you are now, Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that you're like, you know what? No. All right, God, you're on my, you're, you're on my side. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's go do this. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's what you're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. My, my writing journey, my album that I did before, I felt, I felt I was a little bit blocked to write what I wanted to write. I didn't feel comfortable saying what I needed to say, but also I don't think God was done showing me the things I didn't fully trust God still in 2021. But since then, two years later, I feel like through certain things I've been able and reading things, reading the Bible on my own, um, I'm starting to understand that there's 
there's a plan to make them intersect, right? So I have to actually put my trust in God for that. <laughs> and it's very hard sometimes. It is so hard. So, and here's the thing too, is like, you know, I, I definitely don't want to be one of those people either. That's like, Oh, I'm going to do this for God. And like, I'm going to make so much money. And like, I, I, I actually don't like that. I, I don't want to like stamp God's name on something and, and expect something huge. That's not my goal. My goal is to actually, <sighs> my life has changed so much and my kids are safe and I'm so thankful and blessed because um, I could be in a different spot and I'm not anymore and it, and everything has been orchestrated by God even my bad even my bad times has God was there and he's orchestrating it now for good and so if That's I'm gonna awesome. write if I'm gonna write a freaking album let's go let's go yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. I am going to deliver what God has done for me and how I thought the times that he wasn't there, he was there. Like I said before, I have I actually have a huge soft spot for people who have, who have fallen from church, um, who have been abused in church. And my soft spot because I was there too. Where I hate church. I hate I hate God. And oh man, yeah, because my dad was so prevalent. Yeah, it is. It's bad, and I'm not perfect either. But my I hope that I can at least. Um, demonstrate a responsibility to what I have as someone who it's commanded to me to love other people and take care of them. Um, Can I ask you a yeah. kind of a personal question? Yeah. And and I mm. try to tie this into music because I feel like with me personally, like this goes along with, but um, it seems that um, the the issue that has been coming up in this conversation is mm. that two things. One, mm. um, you've felt rejected even as a kid uh -huh. and so the first thing that we do as humans is we reject when we are rejected mm -hmm. and so it's hard for people to get into our so to speak our inner circle mm -hmm. because one when we let somebody in and they hurt us mm -hmm. and i'm not trying to i'm not trying to psychologize you because i just but i'm just saying because i understand it uh -huh. as a lyricist I'll sit down and I, I got I got the Google Docs on my phone, right? And I'll start to go through, um, okay, so not to turn this around on me, but I, I think that it correlates with what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm sitting in my, uh, my living room yesterday and, you know, new year, new opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to do, God? And I've been writing this song called Idle Minds. And the premise or the theme of the song is when you think of the term idle mind, like what comes to mind and I'm not, and this is more rhetorical, mm. but like the idea of an idle mind is like, um, you know, when you're idle minded, you're kind of, you don't have any purpose. Right. Mm. And so the enemy really will use that, um, as a, as a way to, um, convince you that you're not purposeful. Mm. You don't have goals or mm -hmm. your goals are not worthy. Mm -hmm. And then the lens of, um, depression widens. And some, for some people, it widens to the point where it becomes a suicidal lens. Mm -hmm. um, I went through that in 16. And I yeah. sat down with my, with my pen and my notepad. And I started writing. And I was like, and it was weird because some of it was uh, abstract. It wasn't like, it, wasn't a, it was like more of a conscious stream, right? Yeah. But then other ones were like, no, let's go. And it was like heavy, like, yeah, you know what I mean? And it was <laughs> weird because you yeah. put that to a hip hop beat or you put that to an alternative rock beat mm -hmm. and you start to formulate that music. And 
for me, and this is what, you know, sitting this morning, like, excited to come talk to you because like again i don't know you very well but mm. i'm excited to know about you and and i'm like okay god there's here's this talented artist who has agreed to let me come and, and talk to her she's never met me before in person but she's willing he has to good references sit down. it's okay <laughs> oh thank you um but you know but in reality like i could have come to a gig right mm -hmm. and we could have sat down and you're like and that but that and the reason i bring this up like this is that that um that protective layer right because mm -hmm. i'm in your i'm in your home we're in, her, we're in her home today and she allowed me to come in and sit down with her and talk to her and and so she could share her journey with me which is again i'm honored mm -hmm. um but hearing you say that people might or might not receive this record that you're working on mm -hmm. to me i look at you and i go no 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 <laughs> and i say that with respect i mm -hmm. say you have already expressed to me in the last hour that you never came up with with the uh, the cookie cutter. You came up and you're like, oh, everybody's over here, I'm over here. Mm. Everybody's doing that, I'm doing this. So now it's like that idea that people wouldn't receive it. I, I would like to encourage you this. You already have expressed that um, the passion God has given you in music. Mm. And when you, this album comes out, um, I think people are going to be so blown away. And the impact that you're going to have on people is going to be... Um, more than you, I don't want to use the word expected, but it, it, it's going to be like, people are going to come to you, they're going to be like, this song did this for me. Mm -hmm. Those lyrics spoke to me that way. And I think that's what God's doing in with you, is that the rejection and the feeling that you're yes. not um, accepted. Yes. Because um, I feel the same way. Yeah. But I also we know that in the moments that God's put me on the platform and put me in front of people, let's go. Yeah. That is how I feel. And I uh, apologize for rambling, but... No, no, that's fine. Uh, it all relates. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's what has happened to me, whether I'm performing covers or performing originals, people will and encourage me, like, you need to keep whatever it is you're doing. I don't know. You need to keep doing it. You're on the right path. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, in my earlier years, I was like, really? You know, <laughs> you think so? <laughs> wow, you think you're from Cali with that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just joking. But... but um, yeah, so I'm just having to, and my trust in people is so small, so I'm working on that too. I have a huge wall I've realized I've built up. So I become, I'm like introverted by default. <laughs> I don't allow people in, um, which has kind of been okay too because it helps me put up a boundary <clears throat> that I wasn't having before. I had really loose boundaries with, sure. with people that I would party with, right? Right. So now I'm having to balance out what's the right boundary, but also let people come tell me how much they are inspired by me. Or like, I listened to this one song and I just can't even believe like how like you touched me with it. And, I'm, and in those moments, I'm like, really? Right. You, really? You did? <laughs> you accepted that? Yeah. You didn't reject that? Like, yeah. wow. So that to me is like, renewing like god is showing me like and here's the other thing too being an artist not everyone's not everyone will accept you oh and absolutely you, and you, you have to accept have that to deal right? with that right. and you can't crawl into a hole right. and be like oh i shouldn't live anymore but you know when your family does that to you at a, such a small small age you do crawl into a hole or you crawl into your closet and you want to cut your wrist or you think about killing yourself and that's when i would start writing too i started writing poetry and drawing a lot in my room uh 
because I was, I was suicidal. Was yeah. that so? That was something that was prevalent. For oh you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would cut myself a lot, and um, was it to try to like find an outlet for pain, like emotional pain? Yeah, yeah. and I think <laughs> I also think too. In that day, it was like kind of a fad thing for people to do. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Cut. A lot of people in high school were like, I'm gonna cut myself or whatever. But, but I did try it, and I was in it. Like, the physical part took me away from the emotional and the mental. Um, it wasn't good. It wasn't healthy. Right. I don't recommend it. No. But it was like. It was a part of what you were doing at the time. Yeah, nobody yeah. was paying attention to me, and if they were, it was really negative. So, so I did that. It didn't. It didn't last too long. Um, but then I got into the poetry too. I would hide myself in a closet and just start writing and writing and writing. So now, so I stopped, and I stopped doing that because I found out that partying was a really temporary way to relieve my pain. Uh, and then I'd wake up again and feel like crap the next day. So I, it was just this repeated recycle I was on for 10 years, right? So then when I come out here, I'm totally broken again because of my divorce. And I go back into my closet and I'm writing again. And I'm writing. And, and But this time it's like with God. I'm writing with God. I'm writing like, okay, God, like I'm here. I'm so broken. Like you have to fix me because I don't want to go back to partying. I don't want to go back to promiscuity I don't want to go back to this and not because the Bible tells me so but because it actually hurts me <laughs> right because right because it's the it's the genuineness of who you are as a person right right because you can read a book right and we let using the Bible for an example and you can read it and it doesn't mean anything it, it has to speak to your spirit yeah and when it starts to speak to your spirit you're like oh that's what you mean mm -hmm. oh oh you've been there the whole time okay right because I'm 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 with you. I, right. It's weird because listening to your story for a lot of the uh, childhood and growing mm -hmm. up, I mean, <laughs> and I'm not laughing at you. I'm, I'm laughing because I, I have yet to meet somebody that really um, almost mirrors kind of what, I mean, certain things obviously are different, but, um, but you know, that idea that you aren't accepted. And it's interesting because even sitting here in 2023 and, you know, you know the bravado of saying hey I'm, i got a new record coming out and you know some people might not like it but I, I i look at you and i go okay i don't i don't think people are going to reject it and you know it's just <laughs> it's okay like, if they do right and, that, <laughs> and that's the thing too that i think people realize or have come to the realization in in our new culture is that not everybody's going to accept you whether it's you um as a musician or you as a person right. however there are plenty of people, and I'm sure that you can agree, mm -hmm. in your life mm -hmm. that you can go to and you can say, "Hey, you know what? I'm having a bad day," or "Hey, I'm mm -hmm. having a great day." Mm -hmm. um, you know, this I'm doing this. Um, my career is taking me here, and you're going to get the champions, the ones that are going to be like, "Yeah, mom, you know what? Yeah. Go do you." Or, mm -hmm. you know, yes, you are amazing, and they're going to get the ones to be like, "Oh, you know, I've had people tell me to my face, you suck. Your music <laughs> is terrible." And it's like, you know what I tell them? I tell them, "Thank you." Because, yeah. uh, okay, quick, quick, fun story. Okay, <laughs> I'm in Fort Collins. This is 1998. I'm driving around with my best friend Doughboy. Okay, we're Sweet. in his I was Subaru. nine years old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was. What was this? 97. <laughs> so like 16, 17. Right. Okay. <laughs> 
pull up to the light at Harmony in college. Yeah, I know exactly where that's at. Yep. And soundtrack uh, music was right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is how we do it. That song on the radio, right? This is how we yes, do it. Yes. And I'm singing, boy. I'm getting it. I got the head bobs, boy. I'm Montel's in my brain. I'm dancing, right? <laughs> I'm singing that hook, man. And you know, like in the, the verse hits, and I'm like, I'm trying to hit every note, you know. And my boy sitting there, and you know, he just kind of. You know, like, shut up, you know? And, but he doesn't say it, right? This car pulls up next to us, right? And we're at, like, a long stop red light. Mm-hmm. And the window's down. And I'm belting it, right? I'm, I'm in it. I don't care. Because you know what? For all intents and purposes, I don't care what anybody says. Because I know God's given me the ability to sing and be a musician since I was young. And I use that to glorify him. So I say that with humility. However, sitting in this car, belting Montel Jordan, this car pulls up next to me. And these two dudes are, like, gangster-looking cats, you know? And the dude looks over at me and he kind of gives me this dirty look. He's like, hey, man. And I was like, what's up? He's like, dude, you suck. Stop singing. <laughs> so my buddy in the car next to me, I thought you sounded he starts just, laughing. I thought you sounded great just now. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, he starts laughing. And I looked over him and I smiled. I said, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And he was so taken back that I just said, hey, thank you for that. He's like, Oh, never mind, man. You know what? I was just joking. I was just busting, you know, I was busting your chops, bro. Man, you're amazing. Thanks. This is a dude I never met before. I didn't even know his name. None of that. But it was funny because homie sitting next to me goes from like giving me dirty looks because I'm singing along. And he always used to tell me like, who sings this song? And I tell him, he'd be like, well, let them sing it. Oh, yeah. So he hears dude in the car say that I suck. And then instead of getting angry and defending myself to him and be like, ah, you know, whatever. And I was Mm -hmm. like, thanks, bro. He completely changed the way that he responded to me. Yeah. And for me, sitting there, I had gotten a point to a point in my life where I didn't care what people thought of me. Yes. Because I was so afraid that either one, I was going to offend somebody. Mm -hmm. Two, I was going to um, get somebody to reject me because Mm -hmm. either my size or whatever. And I, I got to a point in my life where I was like, not everybody's gonna like me. Yeah. Not everybody's gonna think I'm a good singer. Yeah. But you know what? I'm humble and confident, not arrogant and confident. Because mm. there's the ones that are arrogant, like, well, yeah, you do suck. Mm. But you stay humble, but you stay confident with that. And and that's where it happened. I think in that moment with this cat in the car was, I looked at him. I was like, cool man, you think I suck? Right on. Well, thanks man. And he was so taken back that I didn't jump out of the car and want to fight him. Mm. That he was like, ah, oh, never mind, man. You're really good. Blah blah blah. Point is, mm. I think that when we as artists, we as musicians, we as human beings look mm-hmm. at things that we've gone through in our life and say, okay, how can I grow? Mm-hmm. So how can you grow in 23? And like you said, you have got aspirations, you've got ambitions, you've got goals that, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be famous, right? You don't have to be rich, mm-hmm. but going out there and doing what you do. So you're playing covers. You guys are playing around. In fact, I think you played a gig. What you played for, um, Tim's, what was it? Tim Elliott's, uh, Oh, his toy drive in yes. Johnstown. Oh, mm-hmm. Timmy. I mean, yeah. in fact, I did. So Tim's it's so cool. funny, real quick, yeah. uh, caveat to that. Um, I had literally just done an interview with Tim the day before that. Oh, funny. And then I saw that like, you guys were driving to Johnstown. I lived in Johnstown and Milliken for a year, so I know the okay. area well, right? <laughs> in fact, my best friend Chrissy actually grew up in Milliken, so it's funny that there's a kind of a connection. But yeah. I, I watched that video, and I think it was like, man, I want to come see these, these ladies perform because I've seen you on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, there's nothing like live performance in the, the venue. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited. So, you know, here we are, January. What You got any big gigs coming up? You got anything that you're... Uh, you're hoping to uh, get people to come out and listen to? So, yeah. Um, so in March, 
Um, I believe I will be headlining um, a women's performance. Um, I don't know the title of it yet, but I'm headlining headlining an acoustic original performance Let's with go. my girl Elaine.Ay. She's going to back me shout up on, out. Perc- on yeah. percussion. Elaine. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to Elaine. She's amazing. Yes. So, yes. She is awesome. <laughs> um, so I, I was very honored that they would ask me to do that. So they asked me to do original music and Elaine's like, oh, yeah, we'll just do music from your last album. And I was like, no, <laughs> I am going to write. <laughs> That, I, I'm not laughing at you, but it's, I, I know the feeling you're like, when people are like, oh, well, let's just go back to your old repertoire. You're like, no, 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 let's no, move no, 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 no. to the new let's season of it. Let's do some yeah. new things. So yep. my, yep. M- this is going to push me to actually like be a boss over myself more and, and write these songs for this performance in March. Um, I'm doing a live YouTube performance for Mike Massey, who has a like millions of subscribers. That's awesome. That to me is a big deal. Yeah, Elaine that's a huge will be there deal. too. So shout out to Mike Massey. Thank hey, you for Mike, having us. Hey, maybe we can get him to jump on and we can talk. Hey. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's happening in March after the um, solo thing, and then I believe Elaine and I are traveling <laughs> to Sturgis oh, to perform boy. South Dakota. <laughs> South Dakota. Great place. Yeah. So um, I've never been to Sturgis. I kind of know what it's about, but um, I just feel honored that to ask there because like so many, like there's a lot of famous people that have gone there and oh, played. Yeah. Um, but we'll go there for like maybe ten days and play. Uh, acoustic, some rock acoustic jams, and um, my goal this year is to just is to write this album authentically and to perform it um, with a, a full piece band. Obviously, so drums, bass, guitar. Oh keys. yeah, it's it's a heavy big giant, rock. Big giant security guard dancing yeah. behind them. No, Projector kidding. screen, lights, <laughs> smoke. You know, no, I that I would love to do that. Like it is my. It is honestly my dream to perform in front of massive crowds. Um, if that will happen, I don't know, but that is my dream. All right, that leads me to my first question. Okay. As we get towards the end here. <laughs> what is the biggest uh, crowd you've ever performed for? I think it was at a festival. I think it was Oktoberfest in Vail. Like 3,000 people, I think. That's a good amount. Um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, I haven't played in front of like a huge crowd, but I love the feeling. The more people there there sure. are, the more I'm like, yeah. Oh, let's go. Let's go. And the more I'm able to really emote and take, like I really feel like I'm in it with myself. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have to say, contrary to that, solo acoustic performances are like my worst enemy but in a good way because they make you you're raw right they make you technically be a better singer a better <laughs> yep. player you can't hide nope and so in in very intimate settings so you have like four people watching me is like scary as crap right versus like 10,000 <laughs> like 4,000 right? people I'm like yeah, it's yeah a massive of faces yeah, yeah. yes I'm with you. I'm with it, you. that to me is just like it's just a big freaking party that we can all engage in and then having the intimate thing the only reason I need to be careful how I say this. I shouldn't say the only reason. But I started playing guitar a year and a half ago and learned all these songs. Wow, that's impressive. So actually maybe four years ago, I learned a few chords, but didn't really play them. So I don't really consider myself a guitar player four years ago. So a year and a half, I learned like 50 songs, was going to force myself to play them out. 
I didn't want to share the money with the band anymore. <laughs> so I That's did. good, though. I like, hey, this is my work. I want to get paid for it. I'm with you. Yeah, I am doing this to provide for my kids and keep myself, purposely keep myself from feeling that pressure of like, I need to go get a job. Because when you are tight, when you're living tight and you have your kids and you, you have a responsibility, you have that urge, at least I do, to be like, okay, I need to go work it. I have to fall underneath this job. And... This forces me to be on my toes. It forces me to be a better player, better singer in such a stripped down raw setting um, and keeps me like I maintain a business of my own. So God's helped me in this way. It's, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Second question yes. and then we will wrap this up. Sure. What is your most favorite venue that you've ever played? Um... And it, it, whether it was full ensemble or just acoustic, like just a venue that you're like, you know what? I love that venue. And I mean, I got to play there and it was an honor. And, you know, it, like I said, it could be a, it could be someone's backyard. It, it doesn't have to be anywhere famous by any means. Just yeah. something that you remember specifically. I the stuff I remember the most is where I'm in front of a ton of people. Um, and it it was that Oktoberfest gig. Okay. It was like it doesn't matter the stage, really. OK. It's just the vibe from the people right. and the performance with the players that you're just all in this party. So to me, that was my most Perfect. fun. That the the festival okay. was, but I guess a specific venue here. Um, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. That's okay. They're no, all it's fun. The, They're yeah. all good. No, and it's Everyone okay. is his own animal. You're right. I and appreciate I agree with every, you. every place. Yeah. I'm with you because, you know, I've asked this question to the other artists I've gotten to talk to. And here's the, here, you know something crazy? So you are the eighth artist I've talked to. And out of eight artists, five of them said that out of all of the venues, and this is world touring artists, right? Mm -hmm. Red Rocks was their favorite. I and mean. I'm like, and this is like artists that, like uh, my friend Toddy Funk who lives in Nashville, he's like, oh yeah, man, down, down there in Denver, that Red Rocks. So I was like, really? He's like, yeah, that in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So you're comparing it, I mean, but yeah. but not only him, but like Vince Converse, Michael Hornbuckle, both. Yeah. Um, uh, Dave Beagle, both were like, all of them were like, oh yeah, dude, Red Rocks is something about it. And it's mm -hmm. and it's funny because as a, as a listener, like that venue itself is amazing and i've always you know i've always dreamed about playing there as well i'm mm -hmm. um, being uh being a fan it's not so much fun trying to get out of there after the show but mm -hmm. it's yeah. just interesting to hear that because um i did an interview with uh an artist his name is scott and uh he said one of his favorite venues was in greece he played the uh mm -hmm. cathedral in greece oh, wow. or the coliseum in greece yes but red rocks was also one of his favorites so i'm like wait a minute you're talking about <laughs> world history and then Red Rocks. Yeah. And so anyways, and mm -hmm. that's the reason I always ask the question because I love it. Like there's no wrong answer. Like me personally, one of my favorite venues is the Walnut Room. Um, oh. Have you ever played that? No, no. But I think that I am this year. Okay. I was invited it's, to. It's a, it's a smaller venue. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, it's intimate. Uh -huh. um, my drummer and I wrote a song. We released it in 2016 mm -hmm. and we got put on a compilation and part of the compilation uh, like winning and I put that in quotations was getting able to play live the song mm -hmm. in front of all the other artists that were on the compilation mm -hmm. and they had it at the walnut room mm -hmm. so we were the first on the bill because we had another gig in Littleton that night mm -hmm. so we asked the uh, promoter hey is it possible for us to start the show mm -hmm. and I'll never forget showing up and you know we're in a group of musicians and artists that you know are accomplished and 
humbly I'm sitting there on the stage looking around and my, my drummer Ross looks at me and he's like let's do this mm -hmm. and we just closed our eyes and we just performed a song and we got a, you know a, an amazing a, a, you know response and I remember looking around going okay so that's what it's supposed to feel like mm -hmm. so I always like to ask that question just because I love to see how people view you know it could be the smallest venue or the biggest venue it could be the smallest crowd that you know affected them the most or it could be a hundred thousand people so. yeah I mean I could have a performance that was on my street right now and if there was a ton of freaking people lined up on the street that to me would mean more right it doesn't matter where it is. It's right. just like the interaction with the crowd. I would love to perform at Red Rocks someday. Oh, you and me both. Absolutely. I, I, all right. One quick fun story that I have. So um, I told you earlier, I worked, used to work with uh, B. Haley, right? I was his assistant for mm -hmm. two years. He's a drummer, toured the world, blah, 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 blah yeah. whatever. But 2013. Um, in 2011, I started working with him, and um, I used to have this recurring vision every day when I'd pass 100th in federal. <laughs> Mm -hmm. of me being on a gigantic like like a stadium stage looking at 20,000 people mm -hmm. every day I'd go through this intersection at 100th and Federal and I have that vision three years February 9, 2013 Toby Mac in Diver City was on tour with Winter Jam have you ever been to a Winter Jam festival? Mm. no so what it is is a new song the, the artist's new song. Have you ever heard of them? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're like a like a Bill Gaither kind of. The, they're like a, a four part harmony, like just kind of the worship style, but oh. they put a little rock behind it. Mm -hmm. Every year they put on Winter Jam, and Winter Jam is six months of gigs, four nights a week in every city in America. Mm. Well, this year Toby was on tour with on with Winter Jam, so they were in Nashville at the Bridgestone Arena, mm -hmm. and me and Tracy. I was talking about Tracy Scarce, who works for used to work for Not of This World. B had released a, uh, a clothing line that we were going to go to Nashville and shoot the, the, the video for the website to promote his new clothing line. Mm -hmm. Toby went on like he headlined the show that night. So it's like 11 o'clock at night. Bridgestone Arena is like the Pepsi Center. So it holds like 15, 16,000 people. Mm -hmm. It was 18 plus that night. I'm standing stage front. And Brian's wife comes up to me and she's like, Hey, Trav, how are you? And I'm like, Oh, I'm great. She's like, You know, and it's like, you know, and obviously she's like in my ear talking. So, you know, I mean, louder front stage. Yeah. And uh, we're standing there and, and there was a break in the song. And she's like, Hey, are you going to go up on stage when oh. at the end of the song? Because every, every night on the tour, a different band would headline. Well, oh, it just happened to be that Toby was headlining that night. And so all the rest of the bands and all the crew and everybody that was on tour would run up on the stage on the last song of every each band mm -hmm. and jump around and there would be confetti. I was like, are you kidding me? She's like, yeah. I was like, are you sure that I can? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just stand over there at the end of the ramp. And when and when, when Toby calls for it, because then everybody that's on the tour will come out, and we're talking 200 people, mm -hmm. will come out and run up on stage. So I'm standing there. And my friend Tracy's standing next to me. And she's like... Are you ready, Trav? I'm like, I was born ready to do this. Mm -hmm. Run up the ramp. The song starts, kicks mm -hmm. off, boom, of confetti everywhere. And I'm <laughs> looking at my vision uh -huh. for three years that I had on 100th and Federal. I'm standing on the stage and there's 20,000 people. I wasn't performing. Mm -hmm. I was just a nobody standing up there. But at that moment, I realized I don't care whether or not I get resp re uh, the responses from people as fans, mm -hmm. right? The experience of feeling that adoration mm -hmm. it it humbled me in a way that when I actually started writing music as an artist as a, a lyricist I said to myself whether I get a million fans or I get one fan if 
I can change someone's direction, right? Someone mm-hmm. comes to me at a show and says, you know what? After this show, I was going to go home and kill myself. Or I was going to go jump in front of a bus or drown myself or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my, you know, growing up, my, my parents fought all the time. Mm-hmm. They screamed at each other. My dad beat my mom up. Mm-hmm. That's what I went through. Okay. Same. I love my dad and dad, I love you. And, and that was, you know, that was childhood, right? It happened. It, it yep. did. Right. Mm-hmm. It did. Um, but it changed um, perspective for me as an adult, as a dad, as a husband, as, you know, mm-hmm. somebody that I, God has taken me and said, okay, here, Chav, here's a gift, you know, use it and use it this way mm-hmm. and writing lyrics that way. And so now when I go and I perform and I look at people in the audience, I try to find that one person that has that look. And I'm not saying you have that look. I'm saying that look that they're kind of, they're, they're, they're wanting you to accept them for all their faults, yeah. all their cuts and brokenness, everything that's about them. And, and you go to them and they say, hey, you know what? This song, these lyrics, this music, it it helped me to cope with this area in my mm-hmm. life. To me, that's more important than getting a fat check or playing a big venue. Yeah, I feel, I feel Sorry, the same. I didn't mean to get too deep, but. No, 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 no. You just kind of, you really have been, yeah, mm-hmm. inspired me to do that. So. Yeah, I'm not afraid to go deep. I think that that, you have a responsibility in a sense um, to like with your lyrics, like with what you do with them, because you're a mouthpiece and you could have a worldwide impact. And a lot of them do have a worldwide impact. And I think that some of the messages they say are, it's not good. (laughs) How does that help someone? Um, How does that help someone who is wanting, who's contemplating killing themselves? You know, how does that help someone who, is feeling rejected, you know? Absolutely. So I, I mean, it is, it's for them. It's for you, but it's also True. for them. Right. I agree. So because I was so depressed for so long, <laughs> um, I wish that I had someone to kind of come alongside me. Um, but no one did. I chose the wrong people to come alongside me to temporarily fix my problems. Um, but then I realized I had to humble myself and, invite God to come alongside me and, and, and I'm not saying that thing like things just magically are better you still I, you still go through pain but I don't know you you have to forsake all that stuff at some point because it's not fun it's not helpful and let God work and I, I totally feel like God has opened opportunities for me to step in um, there's something else I was gonna say before that can't remember <laughs> Um, what was the last thing that you had said right before that? Sorry. It's okay. Uh, I'm just talking about, you know, being an influence in someone's life. Yeah. Um, you, you do as an artist have, I think for me anyway, I feel a responsibility to carry out a message. You're a mouthpiece. Um, you have to drive that home. There's too much I've gone through. Agreed. Yeah. So that, that, I guess that was just my big point. <laughs> that's, that's, I agree with you. And, yeah. and, uh, I will, I will end it with this. Yeah. Um, anyone that doesn't go check out her music, um, yeah, well, you're missing out because yeah. I've only heard a little bit of it, but just from your passion and just sitting here today and hearing your story, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm honestly, I'm going to probably fanboy out a little bit and try to find it. <laughs> just, and I say that with respect because, you know, again, I've worked with a lot of musicians over the years and artists and, you know, I've gotten to sit with them and talk to them off camera or off mic, um, you know, and just hear a little bit of their story. And 
Um, it's just, it's so, um, it's invigorating mm-hmm. to be able to hear someone say, look, let's go. And, and you're, you know, here's what's funny. Okay. So I, I, like I said, I've met some pretty, you know, successful musicians and, and I say this and I'll do fun, smart, kind of a smart alcohol way, but, um, some of the biggest artists in the world are the smallest people like physically, like no joke, like John Foreman from Switchfoot. He's like five, two. Oh really? Toby's like five four. How cute! And, and five I, four. That's what I am. And and <laughs> and it's it's funny because, um, you know, King David was small, but he was mighty. So he might have been tiny, but he was mighty. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's not to say anything. Um, that's not to speak. And it's me more just kind of being comical in that sense. But sure. more importantly, like it's interesting because you know people come in different facets, and you know people are labeled a certain way. I was always labeled a, you know, a, uh, an athlete. Oh, you're going to play football. I'm like, oh, I like, I like to watch it and I did play it for one year, but nah, give me a mic. Let me break floors. Mm-hmm. Let me go. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what I want to do. So right. it was exciting to sit with you today. I am, um, I, I can't wait for people to, um, to hear this new record. And again, anybody mm-hmm. that doesn't like it, well then you missing out. You missing out. Cause bro. you know what? I'm telling you, like just from the passion, <laughs> you put that into your music girl you're gonna have um you know good bad or ugly i always say that with with life you know we have good things we have bad things we have some ugly things um but you know what um 2023 it uh looks like it's looking up it's looking up for sure so it is thank Thank you you so much for having me i appreciate it 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 was uh it was amazing and uh anyone that wants to check out her music what website or what how avenue what avenues can they go to to Okay, you. so all of my original music is on um, all the platforms, uh, Spotify, YouTube, um, iTunes, Amazon, all the things. <laughs> I can't name them all. So all the major platforms. And all what's, the major what's platforms. it under, like as far as if they were to do a search, how would they search for it? Like your name or is it like the record? Oh, okay. oh I'm sorry. Um, so Asha, A-S-H-A, and then Blaine, B-L-A-I-N-E. And the name of the album is Ascension. A-S-C-E-N-S-I-O-N. That's a hard one Ascension. to spell. Okay. Ascension. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I do a lot of like rock and roll YouTube covers too, which okay. help just keep me, you know, in shape. Just yeah, keep yeah. my skill level up. Let's go. So I love it. Do um, you have a... Uh, do you have a, a handle or is it just Asha Blaine? Is that just your handle? Um. Oh my gosh. I think my handles might be different. Yeah. Okay. Like at Asha Blaine okay. on Instagram, Facebook. I'm just trying to get as Facebook. many easy ways no, of avenues for you so that people go like, oh, yeah. sweet. Boom. And then you're driving up to the stop sign and, and yeah. you look over and someone's rocking out one of your songs. Like, Wait a minute. That's me. I know. It's, <laughs> it's so funny when that oh. happens. You're like, oh. Whoa. How did you know that? You know Where'd my you song? Find? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Great. That's and awesome. then uh, AshaBlaineVocals.com is where I have like my website for, you can like download the music electronically and i do have like uh, physical copies as well sweet i actually ran out so i don't have any on me currently but reach out i could order some okay yeah and you said uh you and elaine have a show coming up we do uh not in january yet um uh she she's gonna help me with my solo show that's okay oh that's right in okay. march oh yeah. so you so right now as it sits you have a show in march and you but but hopefully here you're gonna get some shows oh, yeah. together here because mm-hmm. uh you've yeah. got to go check her out and elaine too like yeah these, awesome. these ladies when they get to stage man there's there's something that just happens is magical so thank you <laughs> thank you again thank you this was fun yes thank it you. was i love hearing new stories and uh victories 
This is TK's A Brigade with my guest, Asha Blaine. I think I said your name right. Yes, you did. Thank you. You know. Sweet. So there is a little glimpse into Asha Blaine's life as well as her musical journey. I hope you enjoyed watching the video. You can find TK's A Brigade on every major platform, Anchor, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please go like, follow, subscribe, hit the support button, share with a friend. Anyone interested in learning more about Asha Blaine, you can find her on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find her music on Spotify. She's got a really dope record out called Ascension. So go find that, download it, and rock it in your car. She also has a show coming up. It's a debut show for her new band, Ms. Vendetta. It's going to be at the Oriental Theater on Friday, February 24th. For those that love live music, this is a show that you should definitely check out. These ladies are going to rock the stage. Next week, we are jumping on an interview with an artist who I honestly didn't think would have time to talk with me, only because he's super busy. His name is Lonnie Chapin. Him and his brother and another set of brothers started a band called The Brethren, and they recently released a new record. Lonnie came on and shared with me his musical journey, which was amazing. And funny enough, I actually met Lonnie in Estes Park in 2004, Fast forward almost 20 years, and here we are sitting talking about his musical journey and what he's got going on in 2023. Some pretty cool stuff. So, I hope you stay tuned for that. You've been listening to TK's A Brigade. Until next time, take it easy.